Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. without white folks and be able to raise the question what is it that we're going to do independent of white people it is very very hard for us to envision a world without white people but we cannot create our own agenda until and unless we can define an agenda that can envision a world in which they don't exist now we have to wake up and come back to the reality of them but certainly when we talk about a future, we have to talk about a future from our point of view and our historical understanding of reality. Anisogoma, Salbona, Habargani, Majwo, Indamanesh, Indamana, Yimhotel, Nangadef, Hetipu, Peace, War. Pan-African Greetings Family, this is your host, Kamal McCasey Tehuti, and you've entered Africa's Reascension. We'll start off this show as usual with an apae or libation, which deliberately calls upon the energies of our African gods, our African spirit forces, and calls upon the forces of those yet born to guide and bless this endeavor. I go, I go. I go. Odomakuman, Inyame, Inyame Wa, Treaty of Hope, Mawulisa, Olorum, Amen Ra, Beji Insa, Asasiya Insa, Abasum Insa, Abasum Po Insa, Nana Sergebi Insa, Nana Siketua Insa, Nana Dada Kofi Insa, Nana Tigurei, Nana Tigurei, Nana Tigurei. Nana Sinkofa, Nana Kumi, Kweko Free, Akonari Abena, Asuponte, Bochuewa, Taminsan, Mojuba Shango, Mojuba Oya, Mojuba Oshin, Chehuti, Asar, Sekmet, Nana Nomen Saman, In Saman Fuabasuo, Fao. You use me and this form to transmit clear 
African-centered theoretical as well as practical information so those listening can use it for their own transformation back into the sovereign Africans they once were. Now speak directly to their sun-sun, their spirit, their ori, their spiritual head, and their ab, the heart, which for Kemet was the seat of intelligence. And may these words awaken the long, dormant, and asleep African inside. Medasipa, Medasibio, Mo Piafo, Mo Nekasa, Medasi Nanano, Yo Medasi Nanano. The Apai, or libation, is an ancient practice that is still done to this nanosecond in all rural traditional areas throughout the continent. Past, present, and future become one as those of tomorrow look upon what we are doing now and drawing strength from and doing the rituals of yesterday. So again, I want to welcome everyone who is listening live on the computer or on your phone or whatever device you may be using. And um, say Madasi to everyone who will download this. And again, welcome you to Africa's Real Essential. Um, for all things uncompromisingly African-centered, please go to AfricanWorldAnalysis.com. That's African with a K, World Analysis, all one word, dot com. There you will find a link to this blog talk show. You will find the link to Africa's Reascension's YouTube channel. There you will find a link to my book, How to Make a Negro Christian. And I want to thank the people who recently picked up a copy. Um, please send feedback either through Kamal301 at yahoo.com, K-A-M-O-K-A-M-A-U, 301 at yahoo.com or send it through um, lulu.com from what you've read. Um, And there's also a link on there that will link you to uh, my news journal that I've been doing since about 2002. Um, The rest of those will be online. They they, they will, trust me. They're coming up. and so yeah, all and and there's some more things that on the horizon that will be there um, in the coming year. It's only about seventy five, eighty percent done. Once it gets to about ninety three percent done, then I'll um, reveal it to everyone. But um, so yeah, so keep checking it out. AfricanWorldAnalysis.com. African with the K. WorldAnalysis, all one word. Dot com. Some other good blog talk shows. Um, Brother Jacques Akboten, A G O B O T O N. Excuse me, A G B O T O N, Akboten. And his show, World Pan African Voice. It's usually on Sundays uh, at 1 1 o'clock, 1 a.m. a dedicated Pan-African brother who travels back and forth to the continent uh, trying to awaken all Africans, but really 
focused on trying to wake up folks on the continent. Um, if you think it's bad over here, <laughs> and and trying to raise consciousness and awareness, uh, it's it's even doubly bad on the continent uh, because they don't have all this information that we have. Uh, on some levels, you think it might be easier since it's in the home base, and if instead of you know talking about books dealing with traditional Africa, you could just get on a bus or get on a bike and go up to the rural areas and actually see it for yourself. But it's complicated on the continent. Uh, But but we've got good people who who are still doing the work that needs to be done on both sides of the Atlantic and actually wherever African people are, and and, and he seems to be one of them. So Jacques Agboton, A-G-B-O-T-O-N, World Pan-African Voice, Sundays, 1 p.m. Also, you have Queen Ifama, I-F-A-M-A, the Truth Terrorist. Her shows are also on Sundays, but at 7 p.m., right before us, uh, raw, butt-naked truth speaker that she is. it's always good to hear sisters putting it down and breaking it down like it should be broken down, and and she's definitely in that in that vein. So check her show out, um, Queen Ifama, I F A M A, the Truth Terrorist, Sundays at 7 p.m. Also, another down down sister, Sister Ia Ajua, I Y A, A D J U A. And her show with Emmy Masu, Cultural Rebirth Connections. Usually on Wednesdays around four, four thirty PM, but just um type that into the search engine and then when the show page come up, click follow and you'll be instantly kept abreast of all of her shows. And she has some good archive programs as well, so you want to check that out. Iya Ajua, I Y A A D J U A and her show, Wahimi Masu, Cultural Rebirth Connections. And then one other excellent blog talk show that's out there, um, Pan-Africanism or Parish, by Brother Taj Malik, T-A-J-M-A-L-I-K. He hasn't been on for a minute, so, again, you want to – Type type in Pan-Africanism or Parish and or Taj Malik, and then just when the page comes up, click the follow button, and you'll be kept abreast of his shows. He has some excellent, excellent, excellent archive shows that you definitely want to check out. Uh, real, real, real good brother. You're another one who's um, been working overtime to help awaken brothers and sisters that are on the continent specifically. Um, so that once we get our stuff together more so on these sides of the waters, we will have uh, conscious and awakened people on the other side uh, to be able to link up with and do the work that we need to do. Pan-Africanism or Parish is the show name, and it's host Taj Malik, T-A-J-M-A-L. I K. So yes, tonight we're gonna keep it light. 
Last week there wasn't a show. This week I was sitting and not doing a show, but I don't like being off for two weeks. Uh, folks, so forget about me. I never come back, so we couldn't have that. Um, a lot of stuff on the plate. I'm working on getting the uh, next African World Analysis News Journal out on time. Right now it's looking like it's going to be um, somewhere in the 50-page range possibly, and we're going to be focusing on African identity in that issue. Uh, I'm not going to give up all of what's going to be in there, but um, that's going to be the basic theme of the news journal. And so, again, for all that information, um, of course we'll talk about it here, but check out AfricanWorldAnalysis.com. Uh, and again, it should be out some early January, early January. Uh, so yeah, so I've been working on doing that. Then I had to got this other project that I've been looking for throughout my room, my disorganized room, and I finally found it. And so I've been working on that to get that out within 2012. Um, so 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 I've been kind of busy, <laughs> and so I know I had hinted at wanting to do a show on black atheism, and that's still coming, but I didn't get all the research done in time, so that's why today we're just going to keep it light. I don't know uh, if it's going to be any overtime, you know, depending on the callers or if we have calls coming in or what's going on in the chat or whatever, whatnot, just a light show this week. Um, as I called it, cultural, culturally relevant rants and raves, because of course there's been some just crazy things that have happened over the past two weeks that I want to share. There's also been some good stuff too. Uh, so yeah, so play a few promos and some music, and then come on back and get this started. You are listening to Africa's Reascension. I want you to try and tell us everything that happened. Anything you can remember. Anything you can remember. I just want to tell the truth. The truth. The truth. There's your truth, my truth, and the truth. People say one thing and do another. We call them hypocrites. This is Queenie Fama, the truth terror. And that's what I look for. I look for the truth. Join me on Sundays on Blog Talk Radio at 6 p.m. That's Blog Talk Radio at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash queen hyphen Fama. I look forward to seeing you 6 p.m. on Sundays. Come join me. Let's get down to the butt naked truth. Hotep, everybody. I just want to tell the truth. The truth. The truth. Africa's reascension. Kamal McCasey Tahuti. As of this moment, we are at war. BlogTalkRadio.com slash Kamal301. K-A-M-A-U-301. Seven six zero four five four one 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 one. 
1111. When are we going to, as African people, step up the dialogue? Sundays, 9 p.m. Eastern. Because it's black African power. An uncompromising, unapologetic, African-centered internet radio show. Until we reestablish Africa as the preeminent value, none of those other solutions mean a doggone thing. BlogTalkRadio.com slash Kamau301. K-A-M-A-U-301. If you're not about nation building, you're not about African centeredness. 760-454-1111. 760-454-1111. As of this moment, we are at war. There's no evidence that black and white races can live in close proximity to each other in peace. Without, without whites attempting to oppress and exterminate the black. Blogtalkradio.com slash Kamau301. K-A-M-A-U-301. What kind of God do you wish him? What's the name of it? Who taught you to praise him? Was this the God you were praying to before you were brought to these shores? Was this the religion you had before you were brought to these shores? Can you name one African God? Sundays, 9 p.m. Eastern. Blogtalkradio.com slash Kamau301. K-A-M-A-U-301. I'm going to make this real clear, all right? The only fucking reason we ever listened to the Nation of Islam because they used that black shit. The only fucking reason we listened to Nation Gods on Earth because they used that black shit. The only reason we listened to the black Hebrews because they used that Black shit. The only reason we listen to the black Christian nationalists because they used that black shit. And if we can agree that they all used that black shit, then why not go back to the black shit? That is Word. the mama which is made. That is the point. Why you continue to play games with me? You're using my black shit and covering it up with the. Bullshit. So all you do is wipe off the bullshit and get you the black shit, which is the only shit. It makes absolutely no sense to go to church. You go to church, you pray. You dance and you sing. You go to a white church, you sit there like a fucking monk. The difference between the white church and the black church is the black shit. So why not just go back to the black shit? Go to the most high point of anything. Go home before you was corrupted. It is a clear time frame reference where the only people on the planet were those black people. There was no Islam. There was no Judaism. There was no lessons. There was no gods on earth. There was no word for God. Just original people vibing with each other. Soul, soul, son, beings. So I'm not mad if you continue to use my black stuff, but don't get mad at me because I refuse to be tricked. Give me 
the uncut thing. Okay? I said this before. If you're going to get high for cocaine, don't sniff the scramble. Get the raw shit. All right? If you're going to practice spirituality, get the raw shit. Stop dealing with the cut. Christianity, Islam, Judaism, Nation of God on Earth, West Muhammad, they all deal with the cut. Mm-hmm. Plain and simple. It ain't even hard to see. It's very, very simple. So I'm not trying to advocate or even say, well, they're using this. Well, if they're using that, why don't they go back to the stuff they claim they use? If, if they use that in, in their literature, right, and they say it's right and exact, then why not go back to the point of origin of the things that they claim is right and exact? If you're going to use uh, Timbuktu, if you're going to use uh, ancient African science, if you're going to use the pyramids and say, yeah, but if you created that, right, you already know it predates anything you're talking about, then why not go back to that? That is the fundamental difference. I refuse to stay in mediocrity. I refuse to be conquered by religion. You're conquered by religion if you're trying to explain to me that the brothers are talking about the black stuff, but they're still Muslims. They're conquered by religion. With the first thing that ever walked upright. With the first people that ever thought about reading and writing. Philosophical thought. Mathematics. Science. You cannot defeat your enemy with the cut. He will wash your cut ass away. That's why I say what I say Because it's black African power Not black Christian Muslim Hebrew God's earth power That is no power That's called lack of power And you're suffering from post-traumatic slave syndrome Inferiority complex Those brothers have If you're Muslim And you're black Muslim You're suffering from an inferiority complex if you're a Christian and you're a black Christian, you're suffering from an inferiority complex. If you're a nation God on earth, you're suffering from an inferiority complex because you're saying that some people came in and gave you something and now you accept it, meaning your system was inferior to what was brought into you. And I refuse to do that. All right, we are back. Africa's reascension. We first played a clip, a promo, I should say, from our former Queen and Farmer show, uh, The Truth Terrorist. It's um, supposed to be 7 Eastern. She's in Milwaukee, so she's on Central Time. And then we played a promo from my show, the um, longer promo, for other folks who may be playing on their shows, you only hear the one-minute version. That was the full two-minute version that I played. And then I played quite possibly one of the most significant <laughs> clips on on, uh, on being African and African identity and all that sort of stuff uh, that I've heard to date from um, um, Brother Ankh and his I'm in my squad. Uh, and, and, and. I took a little break from playing it because I've been playing it every, pretty much every week, and so I wanted to give y'all a break and try to switch it up. And I remember I hadn't played it in a while, so that's why I threw it back on there. Um, still as true as today is when he first said it, and 
And unfortunately, it will still be as true tomorrow um, until more of us do the work that needs to be done. Um, and I'm uh, to tie in again using that black stuff. I don't have all the details. I, I think. I didn't want all the details, but there is a couple in New York that is putting on the ancient Egyptian origins of Christianity up in New York at the um, Met Museum up there in New York, Metropolitan Art Museum or whatever it's called. Like I said, I didn't commit it all to memory. Um, 30 bucks, I think, for... 30 bucks admission, I think, and 25 for students. The reason why I bring it up is because, again, to tie in with that quote, using our stuff versus, using, versus dealing with the raw, uncut stuff. I'm starting to think this whole Egyptian and comedic origins of Christianity is starting to become a hustle for people point blank, quite honestly. Um, they know that whoever they talk to, the majority of folks, ain't going to do no reading, ain't going to do no deeper research. And so they'll just take what they say for granted. And so they're, so let me be clear here. Folks who do that are giving people, some of them, are giving people correct information. I have never said and will not say that Christian origins didn't begin in Kenneth, partly. What I have always maintained and what the folks, the main folks who are basically building their careers around is that folks don't go deeper. Folks don't look at actually what ancient Kenneth did and was doing. Folks don't get that the Greeks and the Romans and all following Caucasoids did not and do not, still to this day, understand what the um, what Kemet was doing and how they did it. You can steal symbols and images, but the meaning that wasn't stolen as well. You have image theft, you have representation theft, but the deeper meanings on how we did it, what we meant by it, did not transfer over. And that part just fully gets left out of the discussion. Another thing that gets left out of the discussion is the fact that anything Caucasoids touch they will make a product of their composite reality. So, therefore, it's not a complete one-for-one theft from African to Caucasoid. If they steal it, they put their twist on it, their spin on it to make it theirs, and then it does become theirs. And the best glowing fact I can use to prove that is since 1900, 
black folks have been Christian easily 70% population-wise for the last 111, 112 years. If Christianity was exactly what we was doing in Kemet, then where exactly are the same type of things that we produced in Kemet? Folks are saying, hey, Rue is Jesus. Folks are saying the per M. Hey, Rue is the Bible. Exactly the same thing. So if it's exactly the same thing and the majority of black folks are Christians, then where in the hell are the benefits, where in the hell are the exact same results of us being Christians when we were doing the comedic thing? 82 pyramids on the continent, three that can't be reduplicated by the best of Caucasoid technology when we were doing the Kemet thing, the traditional African thing. The best we could talk about now from inventions. That's the best thing we got going. There is a had going because we ain't inventing too much stuff nowadays. If it was exactly the same thing, why aren't we getting the exact same type of benefits today? Obviously, there's something wrong in that analysis. But folks don't go any deeper. So they can show you how the the, 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 the 42 the 42 admonitions to Ra or the origins of the Ten Commandments. And they show you that and just leave it there and be like, African origin. They can show you some stuff in Psalms that's almost exactly, you know, like the wording taken from um, Pharaoh Amenhotep. We just just on that face value alone, African origin. We've got to go deeper, and that's why we got to go deeper, and that's why my shows <laughs> on exposing the fallacy of the African origins of Christianity um, were the first shows that I did out the block, starting on Blog Talk Radio. And and uh, while some folks a nice amount have listened and downloaded, and it's you know created a little talk in certain message boards here and there and whatnot, it seems like I may have to um, get back on the ball and, and 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 do some more shows on that because just the the the, the asininity of some of the arguments and the lack of of depth for for research. On this is, is just appalling And I tried to make it simple With that example <laughs> The example that I just used If it's the same thing How come we ain't having the same results That Kim had before this Christian thing Was even around You've even got Black liberation theology Trying to blackenize everything In the Bible That hasn't worked either At what point what will it take for us to critically look at our relationship to Christianity over the last 111 years 
and really begin to say, you know what, this shit ain't working. When will we start to challenge these folks who are making it their careers? And I ain't gonna name no names, but if you follow the 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 the, the, the Black Nationalist African Center movement or whatever, you know who I'm talking about. There are some folks who are basically making their name off of this African origins us. When do we start questioning them and checking them and asking them to go deeper? I'm ready for us to take stuff to that next level. And we're not going to do it with Christianity. We're not going to do it with Islam. We're not going to do it with Judaism. We're not going to do it with Buddhism. We're not going to do it with Sufism. We're not going to do it with atheism. I said it before. It seems like I'm going to be saying it again. The times when we had the most success in either fighting Caucasoids or in regaining our own sanity is when we returned to our traditional African ways and values and spiritual systems. Whether it be the Maroons, the, the, the Maroons in Palmares, Brazil, whether it be the Gullah Geechees down in South Carolina, uh, whether it be the Haitian Revolution, uh, on and on and on. Whether even even during the sixties when the civil rights crap started dying down and, 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 and Kwame Ture was like, you know what, we're gonna take SNCC in a different direction. They had even taken out for a quick point of time the nonviolent piece. And the in the SNCC they had took the, the, the nonviolent part out. And and that's when black power, you know, the black power movement started. There were a few good, interesting successes in there. And that was from us tapping back into our Africanness and our African ways. The magnificent quote that I love to use from um um, Bob Omawali let's tells us a little bit on well it's my second favorite quote from him on how the um black Muslim movement of that day was so successful. Y'all might have forgotten it, so let, let let's let him talk. One of the things that made the black Muslim movement grow was its emphasis upon things African. This was the secret to the growth of the black Muslim movement. African blood, African origin, African culture, African ties. And you'd be surprised. We discovered that deep within the subconscious of the black man in this country, he's still more African than he is American. He thinks that he's more American than African because the man is jiving him and the man is brainwashing him every day, telling him, you're an American, you're an American. Man, how could you think you're an American and you haven't ever had any kind of American treat over here. You have never, never. So again, over and over and over again. This is why 
some groups who would have died out 20, 30, 40 years ago have attempted to hitch their bandwagon on, you know, hitch themselves onto the African bandwagon because even they have seen when we attach our, when we re, let me say it this way, when we reawaken the dormant African inside of us, has been the better time. Has been the best times when we have de-whitenized and, and gotten bits more and more pieces of this Caucasoid monkey off our back. And so the charlatans see that too. And so that's why we can have knuckleheads talking about the African origins of Arabia and African origins of Islam. Why not just pump up the the the, the Black Islamic stuff and leave the African thing alone. Why, why even mention Africa? That's why some folks are talking about African origins of Christianity. Why not just talk about, you know, blacking up the Bible color-wise? Why try to link stuff back to Africa and, and, and make that connection? Because folks, certain folks are seeing the power of Africa in us when we awaken it. They have decided to now confuse the argument muddy the water because there's not enough voices out there that's trying to clean up the water so we can do what we need to do to build our nation and maintain it. Tying that in, tying um since we just brought up Bob on the wallet, Malcolm X, um a bit of sad news. I was last two weeks ago. I had mentioned that um, the, the 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 first salvo of books retorting the um, defamation book that came out by Manning Mirabal on Malcolm X was slated to come out on um, November thirtieth. But uh, when I went to the website and then did some other digging, the date has gotten pushed back now unfortunately, to uh, the middle of February. So the book, by any means necessary, um, real, not reinvented with um, Herb Boyd, Ron Daniels, um, Hakeem Adabuti, and um, Karanga. Um, it is not out now. It will be out now, hopefully, in February. Um, and the other book, I think, by Africa World Press, that was um, going to have um, Peter Bailey in it, um, Jared Ball, um, um, Todd Burroughs, Carl Evans, and other folks. Uh, I haven't heard a, a release date for that book. So there are at least two books that are supposed to be coming out that's going to retort the um, defamation book that was put out on on, on uh, our Black Shining Prince. But it looks like neither one will be ready uh, in 2011 Gregorian calendar So um, I'll keep My eyes out for them And, and, and once Once I get the information Then I'll definitely pass it on to you guys But right now it looks like um, They'll both be out Sometime in 2012 Gregorian calendar uh, The third world press one Possibly in February Okay so let me show that I'm going to save that knucklehead for last. So I went on, I'm, I'm going to try to balance this back and forth. <laughs> um, so that was my 
rant. Let's do a, a rave for a minute. Um, and hopefully everyone has heard this, but just in case you didn't, the death penalty has been dropped against um, Amiya Abu-Jamal, and even the um, victim's widow agrees with the decision. This just happened um, this week. Um, reading from the Washington Post, Amiya Abu-Jamal, former Black Panther, was convicted of killing white police officer Daniel Faulkner and has spent the last several decades appealing his conviction has been told by prosecutors they will no longer seek the death penalty. Uh, Philadelphia prosecutors on Wednesday, this week, um, dropped their 30-year push for the death penalty for convicted cop killer Mamiya Abu-Jamal, uh, whose case became well-known because it was so racially charged. Abu-Jamal, who is 58, will instead serve a life sentence. While the decision follows decades of protests and public appeals, Wednesday's decision appears not to be the result of activist or lawyer action. Instead, the widow of slain officer Daniel Faulkner has reportedly persuaded prosecutors to stop pushing for the death penalty, saying she was tired of the constant reminders of her husband's death. Of course, uh, And then they go on, they go on. So that's, you know, that's relatively, you know, good news. <laughs> they ain't going to kill the brother. Um, he'll just spend the rest of his life in jail. Uh, so he'll be able to, uh, you know, give good analysis of certain things and, you know, again, Talk about craziness and injustices that's going on on where on behind the bars, and you know possibly even continue to write and speak, and um, maybe even get some more attention and of what's going on on that side. Maybe even get um, you know some better treatment for some. People behind bars who don't deserve to be locked up back there and who don't deserve the bad treatment. Um, so again, it's you know it's when I first read it, you know it's sort of mixed. I'm happy that they're not going to you know just straight kill the brother. Um, I am happy that the the, the, the the protest and the different appeals and all that sort of stuff um, did reach to, you know, such a fervor that it got international attention. Um, And I know, you know, just doing thought experiments in my head, I had always wondered what would happen if Caucasoids did kill Mumia. Because, you know, it seems like we get galvanized. It's, it's quite common for a short periods of time. We get galvanized around um, certain issues and causes and stuff like that. And so, you know, I, I, I was just wondering what would happen. I think I started thinking that after they did it to Tuki, Tuki Williams. Um, and I can honestly say I didn't know. Um, I could see some 
some Rodney King-esque type things happening, like, you know, different small uprisings throughout the nation. Um, but the key word there would be small. Um, I didn't, if if they would have killed him, I didn't see it becoming, unfortunately, like, you know, a long-lasting rallying cry um, to do anything, like, substantial. We'd be angry, we'd burn down some buildings, maybe beat up some white folks, uh, you know, and then we'd stop being angry and that would be it. Um, how long that would last, you know, that part you, you, you can't really predict, but that's what, you know, at least I had envisioned if, so you know, so some time ago, if they were to uh, had, had killed him because, you know, the 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 hearing to try to put him back on to actually kill him was coming up sometime this year or supposed to come up or sometime next year, something like that. And so this is, you know, a, a good reversal of fortune. Um but he's still not a free man and won't be a free man. Uh, we still can't meet him and shake his hand and, you know, you know thanks for taking out the pig, brother, if you really did it. You know, you, we, we can't do all of that uh, because he'd still be locked up. Uh, and so that part, you know, is a shame. But that's, that's, that is some, again, some good news. And and like I say, if if I was ever to get locked up for some stupid stuff, I would want folks <laughs> out there saying free come out, you know. But I would also want the um, larger movement of nation building and, and 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 other stuff to continue as well. I wouldn't want all the um, resources of the movement diverted just to get little old me out um, because the movement is bigger than the moment. Uh, but but having people there, you know, trying to rally to get me out, you know, I would not <laughs> be against that at all. No, no, no. But, again, check the difference. Individuals rallying to get a, a, a person out of jail or, or better treatment for a person versus a nation putting pressure on another nation to ensure better treatment or to be the per be, you know, the, the the again the rallying cry to get the person out. It's a bit different. Because with nations doing it, you know, you got trade that could be affected by it. You you you've got votes that could be affected by it. You got, you know, when it's nation Versus nation, if you will, there are a whole lot more factors that go into play when one nation feels wrong because you've arrested a, 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 an important person in their nation and they're seeking for their extradition. Uh, versus if you just have some disparate individuals or, or a few organizations doing stuff. That's still all control within that nation. <laughs> you got organizations that are formed within that nation who get their charters and a lot of their fundings from the same nation, but then you are advocating that nation to do something to do something in your interest. Versus 
you have a separate nation that gets their money their own way, that's running their own affairs, to then ask or demand um, fair treatment or relief um, of a person in another nation. You said there, there. I don't know if I'm making that clear or not. Um, if the U.S. captured or 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 if a, and a very important person from China was arrested, you have nation and nation dynamics that will be going on with China attempting to ask for their release or ask for their better treatment. And if they don't get it, then China would have different options that they could use to attempt to force the U.S.'s hand or attempt to at least, you know, again, make them give better treatment and stuff like that. They can raise some raise some tariffs from U.S. and China trade. They can um, call in a few of the debt. That, that the U.S. owes. Maybe not all of them might provoke a war, but try to call in a few. But you, you, I'm trying to, I don't know if I'm making that clear, um, but but if we had, and, and it's coming, it is coming, we had our African nation in place, and one of our citizens then fell prey to the U.S. or European Injustice system But we were our own nation And they needed stuff from us And we were in trade with them and all that sort of stuff There would be more leverage Let me say it that way That we could attempt to put to bear To get that person To get that person out Or to give them better treatment Versus the way we do it now We just get mad We do some protests Or we create an organization in America (laughs) And then, you know, hope they don't pull our charter while we protest and scream and all that sort of stuff. So there's some different dynamics there that, again, you only can really see or, or really feel with a sovereign consciousness, with with the with a nation building type of mentality. Um, if you're just and only wedded to um, this nation and, and America taking care of its citizens and its quote-unquote ex-slaves, and that's the the end-all, be-all of it, then you may have missed all of what I just said. But if if you can understand that, that, like Martin Delaney, pre-Civil War, we were a nation within a nation. Um, Dr. Clark remade that call, we're a nation within a nation, looking for a nationality. all that sort of stuff, then it may be a bit easier to see what I was talking about right there. But, uh, so, yeah, long story short, they won't, they will not be putting Mamiya to death in Philly. Um, at 58, he will be spending the rest of his life in the injustice system. Um, a little bit better, well, a lot better. Don't, don't want to kill the brother, but he'll still be locked up. Now, to go back to the rant side, but tied in, there was another piece that came out last week. Um, that and, and again, it, this should not have surprised any black person <laughs> whatsoever. 
time. Okay. Um, when did it come out? This this came out on Tuesday. Presidential pardons heavily favor whites. No shit. I mean, even before I read a little bit of it, um, all the presidents by skin color, hear those words, all the presidents by skin color up to Barack have been white. So, of course, they're going to pardon more of their folks who look like them. Uh, and and we mentioned uh, maybe a few months ago that it had came across, they finally had gotten it across up to the Obama administration's desk to um, pardon and expunge the record of Marcus Garvey and the fraudulent mail fraud charge. And, and again, they, they didn't know if Obama read it specifically, but the administration and the pardon office came back and said, no, we're not going to do it. It would be a waste of time and resources. Now, see, I would have been able, I mean, you know, that could have been at least one thing that I could have said that Obama did good during his term, that he was the guy to help expunge the, the criminal record and give a full presidential pardon to Marcus Garvey. All right. He could have did a lot more, but at least he did that. That's cool. Thank you, Obama. The bastard couldn't even do that. Yeah, I said it. The bastard couldn't even do that. Be a waste of time and resources. So then earlier in the week, this piece comes out, presidential pardon um, heavily favors whites. Um, There are white criminals seeking presidential pardons over the past decade have been nearly four times as likely to succeed as minorities, quote-unquote minorities, meaning non-whites. <laughs> Blacks have had the poorest chance of receiving the president's ultimate act of mercy. Um, excuse me, according to this ProPublica, P-R-O-P-U-B-L-I-C-A, ProPublica examination. Um, and this this next line again is just funny. Current and former officials at the White House and Justice Department said they were surprised and dismayed by the racial disparities, which persist even when factors such as the type of crime or sentences are considered. I am just astounded by those numbers, said Roger Adams, who served as the Justice Department pardons office um, from 98 to 2008. He said he could think of nothing in the office's practice, practices that would have skewed the recommendation. I can recall several African Americans getting pardons. Right, okay. Um, the review of applications for pardon is conducted almost entirely in secret with the government releasing scant information about those it rejects. And and I know when they rejected the Garvey thing, I was trying to <laughs> dig around went to the pardon office website and all of that, and I couldn't really get any information. So, you know, the, the, the information that I had read that was given to the newspapers was all that at least I could dig up. And, uh, and so it wasn't just me, but for whatever reason, when they decide to say no, they don't want to go through the public seeing all the reasons why they say no, and they keep it mainly in secrecy. 
The office, the pardon office, was given wide latitude to apply subjective standards, such in, subjective standards including judgments about the attitude and the marital and financial stability of applicants. Um, no two pardon cases match up perfectly, but records reveal repeated instances in which white applicants won pardons with transgressions on their records similar to those of blacks and other minorities who were denied. Now, they give a few examples. Now, check this out. This this was, where did it go? There we go. In multiple cases, white, white and black pardon applicants who committed similar offenses and who had comparable post-conviction records experienced opposite outcomes. An African-American woman from Little Rock, Arkansas, Filed three thousand dollars was fined three thousand dollars for underreporting her income in 1989. She was denied a pardon. A white woman from the same city who faked who faked multiple tax returns to collect more than twenty five thousand dollars in refunds got a pardon. So so so. To recap, a black woman got about three grand for underreporting her income, couldn't get a pardon. A white woman in the same city got 25 grand and got a pardon. Next, (laughs) a black first time drug offender a Vietnam vet who got probation in South Carolina for possessing 1.1 gram of crack was turned down for a pardon. A white four-time drug offender who did prison time for selling 1,050 grams of methamphetamine <laughs> was pardoned. So again, a black first-time Vietnam vet who got probation for selling 1.1, 1.1, you heard that right, 1.1 grams of crack, didn't get a pardon. A Caucasoid, who had been a four-time offender, who did do prison time for selling 1,050 grams of methamphetamine, was pardoned. So crack is, is is more jail time worthy than methamphetamine. Ah, next line. All of the drug offenders forgiven during the Bush administration at the pardon attorney's recommendation, 34 of them were white. So Bush, baby Bush, in his turn, <laughs> pardon, released from jail, 34 drug offenders, all of whom were covered. From 2001 to 2008, 
Bush issued decisions on 1,918 pardon cases sent to him by the Justice Department, most involving nonviolent drug or financial crime. He pardoned 189 people. All but 13 were white. So he pardoned 189 people. And what is that, 176 of them was Caucasian. Now, out of those 13, seven pardons went to blacks, four went to Hispanics, one went to an Asian, and one went to an Asian. I, 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 could keep, I could keep reading, but um, it's I, mm. wait. Okay, one more. The most striking disparity involves African Americans, who make up thirty-eight percent of the federal prison population, have historically suffered from greater financial and marital instability. Of the nearly five hundred cases in the ProPublica sample, twelve percent of whites were pardoned and 10% of Hispanics were pardoned. None of the 62 African Americans in their random sample received a pardon. So, yeah, you can read it for yourself. Um, Again, just Google presidential pardons, heavily favored whites. It just came out this week. It's a two-part piece. Uh, they even have some of the um, analysis and data that they use. Again, if you're shocked, surprised, and dismayed, um, well, you can be dismayed, but if you're shocked and surprised by that and you listen to my show, you shouldn't be (laughs) shocked and surprised, Um, especially if you've been listening for some time. Hey, how's it going, brother? Um, these statistics you share are necessary for us to remain aware that the attitudes and policies of the dominant white establishment and community are antagonistic towards people, towards us as a people. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and and again, it gets to a point. How much more information do we need? How how much more? All all of the um, negative health as when you look at health, we're we're at the the, the low end of all those um, spectrums. When you look at the injustice system, we're at the the the, the high end <laughs> of being caught up in those. Uh, when when you look at fair housing, we're at the low end of that. I mean, and, and those numbers haven't changed. They fluctuated here and there, and folks could talk about a little small increase in the black middle class as if that's the totality of what we need to do is increase the black middle class and then all of our problems would be done. From the end of physical enslavement, the change in the chapter, up until Right now, as you listen to my voice, not too much stuff has changed as far as numbers, as far as disparities, as far as 
unfair treatment as far as all this sort of stuff. Even with a black president, excuse me, even with a black-skinned president. And, 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 and so it, it really begins to be like, what, what else? What else needs to be done? I'm voting for Newt Gingrich to be president. <laughs> yeah, I said that publicly. And the reason why is because Newt will 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 cut out all the the nice um, the nice little talk that that's helped put us to sleep. He's gonna be straight up in your face with it. I think Newt will be even more in your face with it than Bush, <laughs> and 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 ideally, black folks will have no other choice but to rally around their own. <laughs> and, and and I know that sounds crazy, and I probably ain't gonna do it because I, I don't I don't participate in this in this system. But if I did, that's what I would do. Not because I I I, I think. Gingrich to do anything, but it's because Obama put 97% of us to sleep that first go around, and if he did, if he did make it a second term, I would be surprised, uh, but if he does make a second term, um, he'll put probably 90% of us to sleep even more. Uh, and, and and it's getting around that time where, again, Dr. Clark almost a decade ago had said, well, a decade when he was still around, a long time ago, basically, had said we're getting to the point now where we look, we're coming upon being the permanent underclass in the country. Permanent underclass in the country. He said we got maybe a 50-year window to do something major, and if not, permanent underclass. Um what we're supposed to do haven't been done, and so we're we're still snowballing to that um, dire uh, prediction. And and so again, there there are people I know personally and folks that I don't know uh, who are doing the work and who are slowly building the nation. Um, and 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 and. Shows like Africa's Reascension and shows like Pan-Africanism or Parish and shows like the Henry Masu Culture Rebirth Connections are throwing the net out to find people of like mind to let y'all know that the work is being done and or to connect you with other folks who are doing the work so then we can link arms and do what we need to do um, and move forward that way. Africa's Reascension, the show was not set up to get the masses um, because that's been a failed strategy, and and we we did four or five shows on that failed strategy of getting the masses like that. You build up the small group of the dedicated people who are on the same page in the same book, down there in the same line, in the same paragraph. They do the work, they build, and then it expands from there, and then the people will come because you've got stuff established for them to do when they start coming. But this this rallying cry and going out and doing the speeches and wake up and all that sort of stuff, blah, 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 you ain't going to get 
I've I've done those examples numerous times. And I don't want to be repeating myself too too much. Um, even though a lot of stuff we do need to hear over and over again. But um, you get two million people right now to saying we want to do something. Most organizations, most of the conscious pro-black pan-African organizations ain't got nothing for them to do because they've been focused solely based, basically on consciousness raising and haven't been enough focused on uh, the nation building and, 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 the, and the infrastructure development. And so those million, two million people would just be disillusioned because we wouldn't have no work for them to do. And so the dynamic needs to be flipped, needs to be switched. Uh, I'm not saying you don't have to do consciousness raising. You do. But 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 the amount of it that we do compared to that the amount of the actual infrastructure building that we're doing is is crazy. Is it's no comparison. It's almost ninety ten. Ninety percent quote unquote consciousness raising and ten percent nation building. Now when I did the the, the, the direct talk I said seventy thirty but I was being nice. It's more like ninety ten. Um, we need to flip those numbers, and and seventy percent of our money, time, and energy within the infrastructure, nation building, program development, all that sort of stuff, and thirty percent of our time done with um, the consciousness raising and all that sort of stuff. But um, so yeah, so presidential pardons. Heavily favor whites. Uh, y'all can check that out. Again, that was the Washington Post, and it was just this week, so it is available for everyone who wants to check it out. Okay. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. Uh, brother um, Saludin is in, in the chat, dropping some good information. Uh, the, the earlier piece that I had read uh, about the statistics that came from him. Uh, yes, yes, Caucasoids values and mentality display Afrophobia. <laughs> I like that Afrophobia. Yes, in uh, a deeply entrenched culture bent on bent on our destruction and maintaining the misery quotient of us as a people. Very, very true. Very, very true. Because it's like, if it wasn't, let's say, let's say anybody who's listening or who's going to be listening disagreed with, with Brother Saludin's work, that, oh, no, Cousinsoids, they, they don't really care about us. They're not doing stuff deliberately against us. Okay, let's say, if that's true, then how come they – Put and have put so much energy into attempting to defame and derail the Afrocentric movement within the school system. Dr. Jeffrey, Dr. Clyde, Dr. Ben, none of them talk about killing white folks. No, nothing violent, take up on none of that. We just want to teach our people who we are. Why is it that so much energy was put in in, in the um, mid-90s? No, 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 I think, no, right around 2000, right around 2000, to totally dismantle the Afrocentric school system uh, within Detroit. 
And we're talking about taking up arms and killing cockatoos. No. We just want to teach our children who they are and give them a better diet and better lifestyle. But no, the Michigan, hear this, the government of Michigan came in and took over the public education system in Detroit and attempted to totally eradicate Afrocentrism out of the public school system in Detroit. The Portland Baseline Essays, that was a whole big hullabaloo in the mid-'80s and late-'90s. You had Mary Lefka Skank with her not out of Africa, and you had Stephen Howe and his stupid Afrocentrism. You had not out of uh, Gerald Early and Diane Ravage. You got Arthur Schlesinger, this you might know. You got all these folks coming out slamming Afrocentric history and information and culture and all that sort of stuff. They barely hardly had read knew what the hell it was about, but they saw it was an attack on Caucasoid culture, and they know that it's the culture war that they have to win. And that's why they've been so vehement against any big public acceptance of us taking accepting our Africanness and moving forward with that and, and building a reality based around that. Very, very staunch against that. So 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 there is some specific stuff that Cosmoids are doing against us. And within the medical realm, again, Sister, and, and I think I spoke on this um, a few weeks ago with the effort with the um, book talk. Sister Harriet Washington, her book Medical Apartheid and her new one, Deadly Monopoly. Folks are reading it and getting a little bit of information from it, but nowhere near. And, and her books are an indictment on the entire medical industrial complex. And, and and how Monsanto and, and, and all these other damn medical companies are deliberately doing stuff against black folks and against black life. She's indicting all um different all the different companies with examples and with documentation so she's not just talking out her butt. But her two books haven't been nearly read and acclaimed and talked about. As 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 the the, the Henrietta Lacks book, which just talks about one individual, and and them using her stem cells against her wishes um, for other medical research. So now, hear me. It's messed up <laughs> of what they did to Sister Henrietta. I would never say that, but I am looking from the outside at the reaction and 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 the books that are being read and the books that are getting up into the um, the um, New York's bestsellers, and New York Times bestseller list as far as copyrights, but I'm also looking at the books that we're reading and the books that we're gathering around for book talks and book groups and all that sort of stuff, and everybody is jumping on the Henrietta Lacks bandwagon, but we are skipping medical apartheid, we're skipping deadly monopolies, and we're just 
not even dealing with Sister Harriet Washington, who was putting her life on the line for this stuff. If if we took a, if we was really reading her books and, 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 and acting upon some of the information that she was talking about, these pharmaceutical companies will be losing money, y'all. And if they start losing their money, either lives will start being lost, number one being Harriet Washington, or some changes will be done. I mean, we could go down the line of deliberate stuff that causes are doing specifically to us. So, so again, anyone that's listening and will listen who who attempt to think that uh, what the brother shared in the chat room is is conspiracy and all that sort of stuff, uh-uh, no, 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 no. And and I say he's going off, so I don't know if I can keep up with all of it. But he mentioned COINTERAPRO. We should know about that and Caucasoids, the folks who listen to Caucasoids. Um, they're even coming out more out now and talking about how that was a travesty and how that was crazy and all that sort of stuff. Um, the conspiracy to destroy black males. Um, Jawanza Kanjufu has, has a whole series out on those books. And you can still get those. Those are in print. Um, he breaks it down. So, again, I mean, The best way that I know of, at least right now, to counter all of that is to pull yourself outside of their system as much as you can and begin to create your own. Of course, some protest and some marching and some, some of all that other stuff will be needed to attempt at least to slow up the onslaught, to let them be like, yo, <laughs> ease up a little bit. We see what you're doing. We're about to bring a larger set of attention to what you're doing so you can ease up on us a little bit. So some of that has to be done, but the majority of our energy has to be spent building our own stuff. That's the most effective way to stop the dumbing down of your children. That's the most effective way to stop the poisoning of the black community. If you aren't going to their medical institutions, if you aren't buying and getting into their pharmaceutical drugs, if you're not dealing with that sort of stuff, if if, if you have to take some medicine, Find out what the active ingredient is and just find, and and, and a lot of times it has an African equivalent (laughs) because you have something called biopiracy, where, again, these damn companies are going into Africa and, and patenting trees and plants and stuff that's been there for thousands and thousands of years. Some of that stuff been there before Cogsworth was around. And now they have the nerve to want to go in and patent trees and plants that have been serving the African population there for millennia. But when you look at a lot of these pharmaceutical drugs, their active ingredients are stuff that came from the continent mixed in with a whole bunch of other BS 
that has all these side effects when you listen and then when you listen to the um to the commercials and they talk about all the side effects and it take them eight minutes to go through all the side effects. Most of that's from the mixing of all the added Western stuff that's in there. But the active ingredient is a lot of stuff that's from the continent. And so and so again, as 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 the is talking about read, read, read. If you gotta take X X and Y medicine, um, find the active ingredient, find the herbal, uh, 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 an herbal. Oh, what's the word? Not herbal remedy, an herbal opposite <laughs> to that particular medicine that that will one only mask the issue. It won't. Um, cure it because Western medicine is not about curing because if a lot of stuff was cured, then the pharmaceutical companies couldn't get paid. And in a capitalist, in a violently capitalist society, it's all about the dollar and getting paid. So they, they don't care about curing. They care about the money. So don't give them the money. But but then some of that will be, if you take that stance, then some of it falls on you because then you have to do the research. You have to drive a little bit extra farther out to get X, Y, and Z herb or X, Y, and Z um, whatever, whatever, versus being able just to go down to John Hopkins and get in this field or, or get the prescription field at CVS or something. It, it takes a little bit more um, effort and energy and all that sort of stuff. If you're going to take this stance, unfortunately, too, too many of us don't want to do it. It's easier to do the other thing. Even if it's killing us. Hear that. Even if it's killing us, it's easier to do that than to look into your own culture, see how we heal, find the equivalent, that's the word I look for, herbal equivalent, um, for whatever you're going through, and then take that and deal with that. But the medicine piece ain't my full forte, so I can't fully go into that. Now, I can bring some folks on who the medical piece is their forte and the herbal piece is their forte, and we can, we can have a show dealing with that. But we got some more rants and rays coming up. I need to shut up for a minute and take a drink of water. Um, but this is a, a lively chat room going on. <laughs> Saladin is going off. <laughs> Holistic medicine cures and is preventative. Westernized medicine is a Band-Aid. And I'm going to use Band-Aid because I don't know how to pronounce that other word. But, yeah, I feel you. <laughs> a pal- a palliative. Pal- yeah, it's a Band-Aid. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to shut up. We're going to play some music and then, um, <laughs> and then come back 
because we got a big rant that I got to go through. Um, and I got a good rave I got to go through. So, yeah, we got a little bit. We still got some time there. So, um, and we got folks who are listening in. Thank you so much for that. Um, so, oh, I did nothing with that. Arr. Arr. Okay, yeah, go play some music, be right back. Thanks, everyone. Africa, reassertion.
about the book is there's over 700 images and plates in the book, pictures and drawings and stuff like that. So if certain documents or certain people, you know, you haven't seen, then it's good for that. Um, I still wouldn't pay 50 bucks for it. Um, I got my copy for free. That's the only reason why I have one. (laughs) And the other good thing about it is he at least gives a mention to pay uh, on page 18 to, he gives a mention to the religious instructions of the Negro in the United States, the book by Charles Colcott Jones. And the reason why I mention that, and I mention it as a good thing, is because, again, for folks, as we said earlier, most black folks don't do the deeper dig and don't do the deeper read. They they hear something, it sounds good, it may make a little bit of sense, and they run with it. And so Willie Lynch, compared to Charles Colcott Jones, Willie Lynch, it, it, it was a cool concept, and it served certain, certain purposes, but it's a fictional character. It's made up. There never was a person named Willie Lynch who went around and gave a speech and said all that sort of stuff. And Manu and Pim has done the, 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 the best research that I've come across to help debunk that. And for anyone that wants it, M-A-N-U-A-M-P-I-M. It's online. He's got a website, and he, he did a whole thing, the death to the Willie Lynch letter and all that sort of stuff. So when I put together my book, How to Make a Negro Christian, I wanted to make sure <laughs> that Charles Colcott Jones, well, I knew he was a real person, but I wanted to make sure that everyone else who read the book knew that he was a real person. And so I, I, you know, gathered all the information that I could about him and his background, and I put it in the book. Um, and I just, it, it was just that. I just put it in the book. I didn't put it in any fancy words or whatever or nothing like that. Because it's not, it wasn't about him. It's not a biography. How to Make a Negro Christian, my book, is not a biography on Charles Colcock Jones. So that, so for anyone that may have the book um, and may have wondered about that, I deliberately just put, you know, the quotes that I got from the Internet and from children the big, huge biography that was already done on Colcott Jones. Um, I put relevant clips in there about it. I pulled some other references from uh, Carter G. Woodson in there. And so just so no one can say that Charles Colcott Jones does not exist. And so no one can say that he he wasn't a an influential figure. And 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 in doing further research, because again, I'm a tough person. I do the research and I do follow up stuff on stuff. <laughs> and so I've come across his name in other books dealing with um, religious instruction of black folks and and southern slavery in general, stuff like that. So he he is out there. He does exist. Um, and other people have mentioned him. 
And so it was interesting to see that um, Skippy at least did mention him in his book because a lot of folks, unfortunately, will take this book to be the book on African-American history. And so if nothing else, they will see that he gives a mention to the religious instruction of the Negro. And so then if folks stumble across my book, How to Make a Negro Christian, I give you the actual document. I give you the speech that that Colcock did called the religious instruction of the Negro. And then I give you the um, the follow-up, the suggestions for the religious instructions of the Negro that he did um, 15 years later. So, so while Skippy mentions the religious instructions of the Negro by Charles Colcock Jones in his book, I give you the entire sermon and I give you his follow-up book on how he created the template that everyone else after him used to give us Christianity in the States. So, but now those are the only good things about the book. Everything else is horrible. Um, One day, maybe, I, I could spend some time walking through the abysmal chapters on enslavement that he talks about. Um, We can walk through his creating a black Atlantic. There is no such thing. We are stolen Africans no matter where we are. There was no mystical, magical transformation of us from Africans to Negroes, to a blank slate, to black Atlantic people. That is a fiction to help divorce us from Africa, to help make sure we don't reconnect to Africa in any way so her resources can continue to be exploited so we can still attempt to be connected to wherever those folks dropped us off at and we can never create a pan-African global system of our own to compete with Papazoids and eventually defeat them. So you have to make that disconnect early on. They stop being Africans and they just slaves. They don't even mention the word Africa anymore. They, they get on the boat and they slaves and they get off the boat. They slaves, and then after a little time, we, we mysteriously transfer the Negroes. Huh? Stolen Africans in Jamaica. Stolen Africans in Brazil. Stolen Africans in Central and South America. Stolen Africans in America. The other piece that Skippy has now said, and I got him on tape talking about it, he said again that 90%, now he he says he's quoting um, Dave Elton, E-L-T-I-S, the guy who supposedly has come up with the most comprehensive breakdown of enslavement and all that sort of stuff. And if I had the money, I wouldn't mind getting the, 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 the CDs, 
because um, I got the book, the Atlas of the Transatlantic Slave Trade, um, that they put out. But the the, the CD ROMs of it somewhere like six, seven hundred dollars for it or something like that. I I ain't got that type of bank for that type of stuff. But it would be nice to see. Um, but he Skippy is quoting this guy who is saying that ninety percent of the Africans who were shipped off, we did it to ourselves. Basically, 90% 90 of Africa was chasing around for other Africans and selling them to the Caucasus. And I remember when he was saying that, I was, you know, lightly (laughs) saying, bullshit. Because... One day I'm going to have to do a whole show on the, um, or a few shows on the slave trade and and attempt to correct some of um, Skippy's um, deliberate misgivings. Um, The figure now is that um, somewhere between 12.5 and 30. A million of us survived and made it over. And and now the big thing is, you know, they talk about the small number of us, the the small number of stolen Africans that were actually dropped off and made here to uh, the the, the, the U.S. and North America and stuff. I... Because the, the the number piece, the best explanation of the number piece that I have heard to date is from Wally Mubaruti. He does um, a lecture called Kebuka, K U K E B U K A, K E B U K A, which is Swahili for remember. So Nakumbuka would be I remember, and. And uh, like I say, I'm not prepared to talk about this, so I don't have all of the numbers directly in front of me. But at that particular lecture, uh, uh, Brother Baruti broke down the fact that it would have taken like 125 million of us. You got to start at that number to get to the. 12.5 to 30 million that actually survived. And so you got to, and like Dr. Clark, he says, if you're not starting with 100 million, then I ain't even listening to you. <laughs> then just shut up. The way Caucasoids and Caucasoid pawns like Skip want us to think is that only 12.5 to 30 million. Africans were pulled out of the continent and over those 300 years dispersed through all wherever they were dispersed at. And that was the totality of the slave trade. They are focusing only on reported numbers, recorded numbers. That's what they are focusing on. And, of course, they try to say, well, that's all you can really focus on. Everything else is an estimate. That's true, but 
we need that estimate in there. It wasn't exactly 12 million. It wasn't exactly 6 million Jews. They give an estimate, a nice round number. And, and, and we only hear about the 6 million Jews when it was 12 million people that actually lost their lives with Hitler. We only hear about the 6 because we know about all that sort of stuff. But Joseph Holloway, um, this is on um, slaverebellion.org, just the first paragraph. The total figure of Africans who died during the Middle Passage might be as high as 60 million over 300 years of, 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 of slave trade and activity. Now, he says might be as high as 60 million. Dr. Clark said you've got to start the count at 100 million. I'll take the middle of that and do 80 million. That's just those who died. So then you've got to add those numbers, too, the, 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 what they're giving us as far as the recorded numbers is 12.5 to 30 million. Because if you're a Pan-Africanist, you're starting with the continent first. And the Ma'afa was a dispersal of our family all around the rest of the world. So it's, 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 it's nice to know where we got put off at. It's nice to know how many survived and all that sort of stuff. But I, me personally, I'm looking at that total number of disruption of African life. Because as a Pan-Africanist, all of Africa, wherever her people may be, are part of my concern. And as a Pan-African scholar in training, I need to look at all of the numbers, those who died and those that lived. But Caucasoids barely want you to even know about how many could have even possibly have died. They just get you focused on recorded numbers, reported numbers. And then even Skip, then the lecturer was trying to talk about, oh, yeah, you know. Um, and, of course, the documentation was correct because they wanted to get paid. And, and, and so they kept meticulous records. And I'm like, when I was in African history 101, maybe 102 or something, the, the, the teacher had made the point to talk about after the pendulum started swinging to the other side and, and the larger population of Caucasoids started looking at the system of enslavement in a negative light, motherfuckers started burning records. They didn't want to be linked to it the way as deeply as some of, the, as some of them were. So, the, so records were destroyed. And 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 records weren't kept all that great as they were either. So there's even issues with just the reported and the recorded numbers. The way it is supposed to question that. We're just supposed to take just the recorded numbers. Don't even talk about those who died. 
just focus on the recorded numbers because that's all you got to say. No, F you. I lost $100 million of my family, maybe even more. You don't, you, the perpetrator of the crime, don't get to tell me which parts of the fucking crime I'm supposed to look at. You don't get that luxury. Give me the data. I will interpret it the way I need to. Actually, get out the way. I'll get the data myself. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We need our own people to be looking at this data and doing some of the research because I don't trust them. Period. Okay. And I have been saying I was going to calm down on the custom because I know that there are folks who use this for their – there are people who use these shows for their homeschooling um, efforts and stuff like that, and I really appreciate that. And so I, I, I try to, you know, calm down on the custom, but sometimes, you know, I'm going to come in your house. <laughs> I'm going to – I'm going to – I'm going to – Burn down stuff. I'm going to do all this heinous stuff, but then I'm going to tell you just the aspects of the robbery to look at. I was the one that perpetuated the crime, and I'm going to then also tell you the certain aspects of the crime to look at. (laughs) And then they pay well for to look like us to say and parrot that same stuff. At the time that we were saying in the beginning, since black most black folks don't do deeper research, they just listen to and follow what certain folks say who white folks are given authority to. They'll take Skippy's message and take Skippy's words, face value, and leave it at that. So if he says 90% of us were the reason why, of Africans, 90% of the Africans of the slave trade were sold into slavery by us. If he says that, then it must be correct because he's a Harvard scholar. I deliberately did not ask a question when he was there because security, me and security would have had to have a talk afterwards. Or security room talking to me afterwards because I, for folks, for black folks who don't know better, it's more I, 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 I try to do what I can to give information and share information and give them to see a different way. For black folks who should know better and who are deliberately doing stuff to keep us mentally and physically in the place that we are, I have enmity towards you. is one of those. Life Upon These Shores, $50, cute pictures, don't buy it, check it out from the library. Lastly, we got about eight minutes left here, and now there won't be any overtime. I have been amazed over one particular show that has been downloaded more than any other show so far, period, 
hands down, bar none, no question. Something is going on with my standards of being African, the conclusion show that we did. Because we did, I think I did about four or five of those shows all together. But the conclusion one, folks have been downloading that show like it's nobody. And I'm not complaining. It's I'm just like, what? and it came out of nowhere. It's like after the show was done and, you know, it's been a month, month and some change now, and I mean the numbers are through the roof. So first I want to just say Madasi, not Ampil, Madasi time a thousand, to everyone who is down. We're talking almost 20 downloads a day for that show within the past month or month and a half. The only thing I'm asking is that whoever is doing it, whatever is going on, can you send me a comment or feedback as far as how you're using it, what's going on? Because the numbers just of that one show is just outweighing all the other shows. And, like, um, um, are we wasting our time? One of those shows, I know why those numbers spiked, because um, Good Brother, who turned me on to to, to um, blog talk with the debate, Mr. Holipsism and Ambassador Asar, they, they, they put that particular show on their site, and they've got a dedicated group of followers, and so that dedicated group, you know, glommed on to, to that particular show, and that's why those numbers spiked. But this Standards of Being African, the conclusion show, has trumped that show by <laughs> almost, almost not double yet, but it's getting there. And so I would just really, really like to know what's going on, how it's being used. I mean, with the numbers, it seems like someone's holding a class with it. That's what it seems like. And and I'm like, actually, all of them should be that high because with number four, I just finished up what I what I didn't get through with the rest of them, and then I read each one because, like, with with the four or five shows we did, you know, we did them in chunks, and then you know I read a principle, give some commentary on it, and then kept going. And so that's how one through three or one through four went. But with the conclusion. I finished it up, and then for for the grand finale, I just read each one of them, what they were, all of the Inyame, Inyame and Sheshe, uh, Inyame's order. The standards of being African, there's about 120, 130 of them. Uh-oh. <clears throat> Boy. And, and so, you know, and... Yeah, so so folks are getting the bare bones of it, but since the other episodes of that show aren't equivalent to that particular show, you're just getting the bare bones and not getting the commentary. And so if I ain't tripping, I would really just appreciate (laughs) if it's being used for a class, if, if, you know, if it's on some – Facebook or Twitter page that shot these numbers up, could you just shoot me an email or put a comment on the show page to let me know? Because I would just like to see how it's being used because it is phenomenal 
that so many folks are, are liking that show. And so I would just, that's all I'm saying. I would just really like to know how it's being used. I've even tried to just Google it on there and nothing's really coming up. So, again, maybe somebody got it on a Facebook page or it's been Twittered and it's been liked. I don't know. I don't have Facebook. I don't do Twitter. Um, because what I have to say can't be held down to 140 characters. And, and, and Facebook, 800 million people are behind it and, and, and in it, and that's, and it's something that we don't control. I, I tend to shy away from it a little bit. That's, that's just me. That could change. Folks keep saying I need to go and get a Facebook page and all that sort of stuff, maybe. I don't know. But, so, yeah. So, and for folks who are listening, if you haven't heard the show, um, check it out again. I did a standard to be an African series where I was reading um, the Inyame and Shea Shea paradigm, Inyame's order, which basically a husband and wife team put together over 120 points that I call the standards of being African that if we could get a majority of these points down in our personal and organizational lives, we would be exponentially further along in what we need to do. And so I think it was about five shows, and I go through each one, each point, and on some of them I give commentary, and some of them I just read and go on. But in this last show that I was talking about, I finish up stuff, and then I just read each one. And then in the show, and for some reason that particular show has been is the most by far downloaded show of Africa's research, and I appreciate it. But I would just really like to know how it's being used and who is pushing it and all that sort of stuff. So, if anyone's listening now, who knows, or if anyone who will listen and, and download knows, please. K-A-M-A-U-301 at Yahoo, or on that page, or if there's to be an African conclusion, just put a comment on that page. Yeah, brother, we're using it for our independent school here. Yeah, brother, we did a talk about it, and we had everyone come to the show and come there and download it. You know, just let me know. All right, that's it. we got about a minute left. Little white woman about to say 90 seconds in my ear, so no overtime. Those are some rants and raves. Um, unfortunately, we have more rants than raves. <laughs> a few more, but um, I'll get on the ball and hopefully have. I ain't even gonna put it out there. Tune in next week. Tune in next week. There should be a show next week. Um, and then I'll introduce. There will be a very important show on the 19th, which is a Monday. That's just going to be a lecture, and, but I'll talk about that more um, next Sunday to get you all prepared for it. A very important show. It's called The Future of African Gods. I will be playing that on the 19th um, of this month. But I'll give more details about that next week. Same time here, same place. So check us out. Going to go ahead and play the close. Um, thank you all for listening, downloading, and listening live, and supporting, and clicking the links, and 
letting me know that this isn't all in vain and all for naught. We just need to link up, put our arms together, get our minds right, get our spirits right, do what we need to do, and not only de-whitenize and shake this beast off of us, but re-Africanize and create the nation so we can give something better to our children than what we've been giving them thus far. Abibi Fahodie, Total African Liberation, Yabedi Inkonim, we will be victorious. system of European control works is that you have to accept a concept of reality which makes them superior. If you deny that, their thing will not work and they will lose their control. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.